Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, the podcast that inspires heart-first living. This is where you'll get practical tools to reduce stress, inspire creative action, and energize your personal growth momentum, along with ways to apply these tools. And now, here's your host, Deborah Rosman. Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, inspiring forward movement and heart-powered intention. I'm Deborah Rosman, your host. And our podcast topic this month is the scientific impact of global compassion. And I can't imagine a more timely time for that to be our topic, given what's going on as we are recording this right now, where Russia has invaded Ukraine and the outpouring of compassion and care from countries that you wouldn't expect it and peoples all over the world responding to the amazing heart of the Ukrainian people. Um, it is awakening and activating the heart of humanity in ways that we couldn't have foreseen, which is the mission of HeartMath. And so the concept and topic of compassion and care and love is so important right now. And the findings of my guest, Dr. Roger Nelson, of the power of compassion is something we all need to hear. And Dr. Roger Nelson was a longtime coordinator of research at the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Laboratory at Princeton University and the founder and director of the Global Consciousness Project, which maintains a series of data collection sites worldwide that monitor for indications of a global consciousness response to major world events. Welcome, Roger. I'm so thrilled that you're with us today. Thank you so much, Debbie. I'm really happy to be here. It is, as you say, a very particular time in our history. <clears throat> and by the way, I have looked at the data for the first several days of this horrifying situation. And there's a striking, powerful deviation, which I think may well be driven by the compassion you speak of. Well, wonderful. I was going to ask you about that, that if we've seen effect. So let's talk about what that is, <clears throat> because compassion is just one of the many emotions you've looked at over the years. Um, and to see what matters to create these strong effects in the data of the Global Consciousness Project network of random number generators. And maybe you could tell us a bit about what those are, what it means, and your work with that. Well, random number generators are basically electronic coin flippers. They just allow us to flip coins, which um, in digital terms are ones and zeros, very fast, and to count them very accurately. And so what I uh, did, what the Global Consciousness Project does, is to look at the data from a, a, a it's a matrix of data. There are usually something like 60, 65 of these devices spread around the world. They all send data to Princeton. And then I look at the resulting data set, asking the question, is there any correlation among these devices that is also correlated with the, with I guess the global consciousness or the global emotional state, and there is. Amazing. So, what other emotions? Tell us about the different emotions you've looked at, 
I know that uh, it's a whole spectrum of it and overall changes. What kind of events have you looked at? Uh, well, we've looked at a, a very broad spectrum of events in order to learn what kinds of events may be the sort which um, really bring people together in a kind of coherent uh, a consciousness and an emotional state. So we look at tragedies. We look at things like, well, one of the famous uh, events everybody knows about is 9-11. Uh, we looked at, at uh, 9-11 and various uh, volcanic eruptions and uh, great uh, natural disasters like earthquakes where lots of people are killed, villages are destroyed and so forth. Mm. And we also look at a lot of different kinds of, you might say, positive valence events, things like New Year's, which is actually a kind of uh, simple abstract thing, but it turns out that probably because people really come together, they want to connect with each other at this um, abstract moment in time. They create a kind of consciousness field or emotional field that our random number generators seem to see. I think the random number generators become part of our group when we come together as a coherent uh, mass of people. That's interesting. Come to, they become part of our group, like these mechanical things, which are ones and zeros, which is what all our computer programming is as well. Yeah, we somehow are too. Inter- <laughs> as well as our positive and negative in the brain somehow interacts <laughs> with consciousness. That's a fascinating topic, which we could go down that road. But I want to stay focused on what kind of emotions did you have you looked at? After I gathered data for about, I guess, 10 years, I realized that we had in the array of events a lot of different emotions represented. Mm -hmm. So I started categorizing them. I looked at each event and I said, how much fear does this uh, seem Mm -hmm. to elicit? How much anger? How much uh, love and how much compassion? A few other emotions, but the basic ones, the basic ones in human terms. I couldn't imagine what I was envisioning as a global consciousness would be much different from a human consciousness. So I looked at the kind of emotions that are important for us. And I found that um, basically there's um, a kind of U-shaped function. Uh, If there isn't much emotion, if there's sort of nothing going on, we don't get much of an effect. But if there's strong positive emotion or strong negative emotion, we get uh, pretty noticeable effects in the data. But it turns out that um, the positive emotions, for whatever reason, are more powerful. They bring us together more completely and more coherently. Um, And therefore, I I think they wind up producing larger effects than the negative ones. That's interesting. Let's just pause on that because that can give people a lot of hope if indeed positive emotions like love and care and joy and you know things that are uplifting to us that you just said bring people together and heart math research has found they create heart rhythm coherence and that that creates synchronization between people but you're saying what you see is that has a stronger effect than when we resonate on fear or we resonate on anger because people can also you know, resonate on those 
debilitating emotions too. And we see that, you know, and issues like other wars like Syria. Oh, I mean, all over the world, people, the fear-based emotions. But you're say a little bit more about your research is seeing that the positive emotions create more deviation in the RNGs. Is that the stronger effect? It is. Excuse me. It is. We, um, do ordinary scientific or statistical calculations, and it just turns out that um, on average, the positive emotions, like love and compassion in particular, uh, turn up slightly, um, they turn up the sort of consciousness temperature a little Mm -hmm. bit more. It seems uh, counterintuitive in a way, but I think the reason may be that Whereas fear makes us run. We run away from each other. We run away from whatever is fearful. But love does just the opposite. Compassion is an emotion that that binds us together, that uh, uh, is really the uh, fabric of uh, humanity at its best, I think. Compassion is is a connecting emotion and fear is a dividing emotion. That's right. And in the heart rhythm pattern, we see that fear creates all this chaos and yeah. communicates incoherence to the brain and between each other. You know, it's like you said, actual physiological incoherence separates us. Right. Um, whereas physiological <clears throat> coherence synchronizes, unites us in the heart to heart connection. So this is really important validation for what the ancients have said and what people really deeply feel inside is that love connects us and love is what we're about or compassion. What are some of the events that you saw strong compassion or not new year's is celebratory. So people are feeling joy or uplift or hope, but what Mm -hmm. are the events that you see that are outpourings of love or compassion? Well, I think the, uh, had the very first event, it was really a prototype before the, the actual Global Consciousness Project Network was created, was um, when I asked a bunch of my colleagues around the world to please take data during the day of Princess Diana's funeral. This is now so long ago, but I think probably most people um, of a certain age anyway, yeah. Uh, remember quite well that whether they had been uh, Diana watchers or not, um, we were, I was gathered in and uh, it was said by the people who t- <laughs> count such things that maybe as many as two billion people, a, a li- really large portion of, the, of, of humanity was tuned in because they feel, felt a loss. They felt a kind of compassionate um, a loss that was, uh, for most people have had in that situation, felt immeasurable. Or I <clears throat> could go into that a lot, but um, that led really to the creation of the network and the project. But over the years, we looked at um, Peace Day, we looked at uh, all kinds of uh, separate demonstrations, anything that um, meditations are organized online and by large and small organizations. Anything that was designed and intended to bring large numbers of people into this kind of um, meditative, prayerful um, mode. And when we um, gather, you know, gather up 
all those kinds of events. What my friend uh, Brian Williams, who did this analysis, says, he calls them global harmony events. Mm. And when we uh, gathered those together in, uh, I think, 2014, there were more than 100, about 110 or 15 such events. And their their total um, presentation is a very strong uh, deviation, a very consistent kind mm. of response. That's that total and repetitive finding is important for science. Yes. That I know you said to me that the more, when we talked before this call, the more compassion evoked by the event, the larger the network of random nerve generator effect. And that it was such a strong finding that statistically significant too statistically replicable to be an accident and <laughs> yes. predictable. I'm reading. So <laughs> yes. how do scientists view this? You said that's what allows them to say it's something's real. Well, um, the overall, when I combine all the events of the formal series, there were 500 of those. Mm. And they, they add up, um, you know, sometimes our prediction is upheld and sometimes not. But it's about two thirds of the time uh, that prediction is sustained or confirmed um, in uh, larger or smaller dimension. But in it, when we add them all up, um, the positive trend is deviant from what should happen with such data uh, mm -hmm. by seven sigma. That's what the physicists call a, a very strong effect. <laughs> wow. Mm. You also mentioned to me that you saw this as three levels of compassion, like the New Year's celebration of heart would be level one and these hundred events that evoke compassion would be like level two. And then really intentional events like global meditations that intentionally focus on compassion or coherence and getting into heart rhythm coherence and really radiating that. And you see even a stronger effect from that. Well, you're involved in, or the HeartMath group is deeply involved in uh, global coherence pulse events. Right. right? And um, you're, you have, uh, I don't know how many, I, I think Roland once said 80,000 people who are who have downloaded the coherence app? Yeah, this is. I mean, not all of those people necessarily join into mm -hmm. the global right. pulses, but um, I've been looking at them. And the they're a repeated event, which yeah. the, that's the kind of watchword of science. If you repeat the experiment right. enough times, the truth will come out, <laughs> and whatever false notions you had will fall by the wayside. In any case, the global coherence pulse events have had a kind of a remarkable, you know, I say they have had, they correspond to remarkable deviations in our data, in the Global Consciousness Project data. So much so that at one point, I did, when they, I had done nine of them, um, <clears throat> their com combination, some hits, some misses, the combination was already statistically significant. Yeah, so what are you seeing? I mean, it's only a few days into this Russia-Ukraine war, which has just shaken up the world order and awakened people to a whole different reality and a tremendous outpouring of heart. It's amazing the countries that are 
taking positive action to support Ukraine and the people. What are you seeing in the data? There are a variety of different measures that can be applied. The one that's to me the most interesting is uh, called covariance. It is a measure of a kind of cross-correlation among the the devices in the network. And it is, um, for, uh, the, when I first looked, I had two days of data yeah. and it looked pretty uh, striking. Um, it wasn't highly significant, but I was, I was saying, I will look tomorrow, I will look the next day. And so the first four days produce a, um, such a strong and steady deviation that it's, um, I think, the probability against chance is a few parts in a thousand. Mm. So it's, not, in other words, like, and I don't, we can't know whether it's, um, you know, the, the dominant emotion uh, right. contributing to this is a, a compassion or maybe it's fear and anger at what's mm. going on. But I, um, I'm inclined to believe that, there, that the compassion side of the equation is much more powerful because everybody in the world is looking on this and saying, oh my goodness, how terrible and sad. I wish we could just wave a wand and stop it. We don't know how to do that. But the compassion is evident. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you you mentioned that compassion is, you see it as a connecting fiber. I thought that was an interesting concept that that's some kind of fire. There's a frequency that connects us all mm-hmm. um, and creates a bridge to more. When we have that connection, there's more possibility. And of course, our research is showing when we have that heart connection, more intuition, more problem solving, more the brain gets activated and more of the frontal lobes that are bigger picture thinking and possibilities that fear shuts up. So say more about what you've learned and what you, I know it's not necessarily scientific yet, but you have, what conclusions (laughs) have you drawn from this? Okay. I think the basic conclusion is very much the same kind of thing you're talking about and, and working on and creating hard math and GCI. What I believe is, the, is uh, driving the effects that I have found in the Global Consciousness Project is connection. Uh, that is almost the same concept as compassion, as I was saying right. before. I mean, it's a connecting emotion. The, the, the connecting fiber of connection <laughs> is compassion. But this is, uh, this is what I, my takeaway from looking at this for a long, long time is it's not very theoretical. It's just hugely practical in a way, even though um, it's not easy. I think we have an unconscious connection that exists already. People don't know about it. We don't know how to measure that in any usual way. But I think the it, I think it's a real uh, kind of uh, matrix of connection among all every, everybody on the planet, and us with the trees and the animals and so forth. Right. But um, what I my takeaway from well my, my final uh, conclusion is that we better get busy and try to raise this unconscious connection that we share up into consciousness become. Uh, intentional and uh, and uh, 
my friend Barbara Marks Hubbard was very, very much into talking about, in, you know, a kind of conscious evolution. I think we're entirely capable of that. We just have to start doing it. We have to allow our unconscious connectedness to come into consciousness and then exploit that to become one, as all the sages have said we are. Well, this global event going on right now, that's awakening everybody's unconscious fears and unconscious compassion to consciousness could be an opportunity if we can really put out enough care and heart collectively to help people's hearts open and stay open and convince them that there is more intelligence in doing that. You know, and that's one of the things HeartMath's research is and what we have found in our training programs is that that love and compassion awakens more intelligence, common sense, actually, which isn't very common. But, you know, as we awaken, uh, we realize it's smart to do that. I mean, war is outmoded. We're waking up to that as a global society. We don't want that anymore. It's not intelligent. It doesn't. Uh It's not effective. And Debbie, so, you're making me reflect on, um, in a way, the uh, primary intellectual inspiration for the Global Consciousness Project, Tehar de Chardin. Uh-huh. He's a Jesuit priest and also a scientist. He was a paleontologist. And he, uh, <clears throat> he wrote about evolution, one thing. And he also, um, well, in the course of talking about evolution, he said this, this, these small building blocks became um, in living uh, entities. And then those living entities evolved to become uh, conscious creatures and became eventually us. And we are inclined to think uh, we are the pinnacle of, of evolution. But Teilhard said, not so much. <laughs> Wait up. There is another stage that we're entering into. He said that we are destined to become the intelligent sphere sheltering and uh, sustaining the earth. We are just destined to become what he called a noosphere, a sphere of knowing and caring uh, to take over the role of managing what happens on this planet. We're close to that. We have to only become a little more conscious and and a little more uh, coherent with each other, and we're—it's the path we're on, and I'm—I'm I'm so happy about that. So looking forward to the next steps on that path. Right. Well, a lot of things are here to wake us up, from climate change to the current events. Now, we're launching this podcast on uh, Tuesday, March fifteenth, mm-hmm. and March eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth. We have the Global Clearance Initiative annual virtual event called the Rise of Collective Compassion. How timely and synchronistic is that? Where myself, you, Dr. Roger Nelson, Dr. Joe Dispenza, others will be speaking about their findings in relation to this global consciousness, global coherence shift, and the relevant role compassion plays in in it to achieve what you're talking about. So I wanted to ask you, do you think you'll be able to take a slide of some of your current data from the Russia-Ukraine situation and send it really quickly to us put in the presentation so you can talk about that? Because 
that will inspire the all the attendees, I believe, to say, okay, I'm going to put out more compassion because it's up to us. So you would like me to, uh, yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> uh, okay. If that's possible, it's just something well, I'm It's suggesting. possible. It may just take a little longer than I than we expect, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that's all right. You're seeing indications and people need all the hope they can have. You'll be sharing your exciting data there and a lot more in your sides. And those of you who would like to attend, we'd love to have you. If you listen to this podcast before March 18th. So let me ask you before we do our meditation together, heart meditation of compassion, what is the next step for the global consciousness project? Well, the the next step is to figure out what the questions are that we really want to answer or ask. Um, basically, I'm so I'm thrilled with the uh, with with what's had been happening over the past year. We a team of people, maybe ten or more people from my group and from uh, Global Coherence Initiative, from HeartMath, from IONS, and some other people have been working very uh, diligently <laughs> to uh, create a, a follow-on project that actually extends um, GCP to GCP 2.0 and will provide a, tr a whole lot more kind of information about who we are and what we um, have as potential. And maybe I think if you know what your potential is, you have a much better shot at getting there. Absolutely. Well, right now, the potential, I believe, is for us to collectively, everyone listening to this now or later, uh, and put out more heart and compassion into the planetary energetic field. Because that's one of the things that we measure as tried to at the Global Coherence Initiative is the effect on the Earth's geomagnetic fields and how that might amplify our compassion and be part of the story. So together, I invite you to join me now in this heart meditation. Let's focus on the heart, focus on your heart. And just breathe in an intentional feeling of love and compassion. Start with that. This warms the heart. Let's radiate this feeling of love and compassion as a warm-hearted connection with everyone around the world who is energetically supporting this awakening and activating of heart going on, this outpouring of love and compassion.
Now, as we continue to breathe in this feeling of love and compassion, let's breathe out and radiate this heart warmth of deep care and compassion to Ukraine and all the countries suffering the consequences and all the people in Russia, Ukraine, everywhere suffering the consequences of this current event. Let's radiate our deep care and compassion to all those suffering. Let's visualize co-creating a reservoir of uplifting heart energy that we can each access as needed to feel that connection with each other, that fiber of compassion as an uplifting, coherent energy, especially when we feel sad or afraid or any of those emotions. Let's go back to that reservoir of heartfelt care and compassion that can uplift us and give us hope that we are coming together as humanity. Let's radiate that intention into the energetic field of our planet. Close by seeing that collective heart energy lifting the vibration of humanity, opening us to new possibilities, new intelligence, and that coherent connection with the earth's fields, facilitating a shift in consciousness. to more love and care, kindness and heart, activating the heart of humanity for our future. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for sharing that heart meditation with me. Roger, any last words? I would like to just invite everybody to find somebody else to connect with, to play the compassion song. Thank you. And thank you all for participating in this Ad Heart podcast. The next month's Ad Heart podcast will launch Tuesday, April 15th, 2022 at 11 o'clock Pacific time. And we hope to see you there. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Ad Heart podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch the latest episodes. If you're wanting even more heart-inspired content, Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Clubhouse, and LinkedIn. Look for HeartMath and also the HeartMath Institute. Both organizations are committed to helping activate the heart of humanity.